Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the best of the herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. All right, it is a Friday. It is the summer. We have a football game to talk about live in Los Angeles. It's the herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening or watching, a lot of choices out there. Thanks for making us part of your day. J-Mac sat down last night, had a run around in the afternoon, you know, get a big workout in, do some things. Got home, missed about four or five minutes to start, and then I sat back, poured a cocktail, and for two hours... I felt like it was football season, and it was, you know, I didn't know most of the players. It was third and fourth and fifth screen running backs for the Jets. Uh, but that was fun. It was something. It felt nice, yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch a ton of it myself. I don't need to watch the vanilla Jets defense that got gashed, according to you, on social media. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, listen, hey, uh, big big Taylor Swift weekend. Football's back, which is nice, but, uh, yeah, that was not Great football. <laughs> okay, so I don't really care who won. Uh, you know, it's preseason. But the good news, Zach Wilson played well, snapped a couple of throws off. Nice downfield throw. The bad news, Makai Becton played seven snaps, pulled himself out. Now he's got confidence issues, weight, health, confidence. Should have played 27 snaps. So there's three levels of first-round quarterbacks. You identify immediately, number one, they're a star. Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, everybody in the building, Lamar Jackson knows, yeah, that's going to work. The second level is they got some talent. There's a reason they were taken in the first. They may be a franchise guy, not for us. Took us a couple years to figure it out, but they're not our guy. We'll try to move them and salvage the pick. And the third is whiff. Everybody in the building, mostly, by the end of the first year knows we whiffed. So the good news about the number two is Trey Lance, Zach Wilson fall into this, is they can play. A Trey Lance, a big, strong, smart athlete, can move around, and Zach Wilson's got a beautiful arm. He snaps, passes off. He makes 40-yard throws. Looks like they're drag routes. He can really throw it. And so what you do with a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson, Jets did it last night. You set him up to succeed. You're patient. You have a couple of nice plays. You let him show off in the preseason. There's two things to remember. There is always, you're looking to salvage the pick now with Zach Wilson. 
You're looking to salvage the pick. Trey Lance, they're looking to salvage the pick. What you do is show them off now. I thought Zach Wilson did himself well. Everybody in the league knows he's playing with backups all around him. Looked at ease, easy throws, comfortable, smiling. That's what you want it to look like. Next week or your first game, instead of giving him five attempts, you give him 12, then 15, then 18. Show him off. Remember, the trading deadline this year in the NFL is going to be bananas. It's going to be crazy because four or five teams are going to be tanking right? Because they want to get Caleb Williams and Drake May. So it may be the most active trade deadline ever. Teams are going to be making all sorts of moves. And can you find a team out there that starts three and three, they lose their quarterback. They don't necessarily think Zach is a 10-year guy, but he's got the best arm on the market. He's played in New York. He was good in college. You can talk yourself into Zach Wilson in a fifth-round pick. If you've got a coach on the hot seat, a GM in the hot seat, you start four and three or three and four, and somebody goes down. He's got a nice arm, plays with confidence, uh, looked a little tighter than last year where he could get loose. Uh, Geno Smith and Ryan Tannehill had great second acts. Everybody bailed on Geno Smith. The world bailed on Ryan Tannehill. And I got news for you. Zach Wilson throws a better ball than Ryan Tannehill and Geno Smith. He's got a great arm. He is is what they call an easy thrower. So you try to salvage the pick. You set him up for success. Robert Sala talked about his night. Zach did a good job. He was poised. uh, Looked comfortable in the pocket. Delivered the ball on schedule. And... uh, uh, definitely something to build on for him. Just rebuilding that confidence and the swag that we uh, that we fell in love with in the draft process and all that stuff. And I think he's getting it. Like um, I said it before, he's a rookie all over again. All the footwork's different. The verbiage is different. Uh, uh, the way Aaron plays quarterback and the way Hackett teaches quarterback is a little bit different. So it's just there's a lot of learning, and I think he's been attacking the heck out of it and doing a really nice job. Yeah, no pressure on him. It's Aaron's job. He can come in, work hard, play with the second team guys dominate the preseason, show him off. He's going to have at the trade deadline. Somebody's going to lose a quarterback. And if Zach has a great preseason, Sala's like, man, he's a different guy. That's what they're saying in San Francisco. Boy, what a practice by Trey Lance. And you got all sorts of tape on him from college, his rookie year. Remember, he's a highlight guy. There's a lot of highlights with Zach Wilson that are wow. Have a preseason. He'll be the best arm on the market. Doesn't mean he'll be the best quarterback. Week seven, week eight trade deadline, had a great preseason. Aaron Rodgers is like, wow, somebody's going to get lucky with that guy. That guy's really impressive. Watch the praise, play him, show him off. Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, they could be a franchise guy. Geno and Tannehill had his second act. They're just not going to be the Jets or the Niners franchise guy. Now it's salvage. Now it's praise. Now it's set him up for success. Mikhail Becton, Mikhail Becton, that's a different issue. That's a problem. Supposed to play 25 snaps, played seven. The problem with Makai Becton, the bad news is his lack of ability is directly tied to Aaron Rodgers because they get an old left tackle and not a great right tackle, and they're trying to salvage this. The difference is they don't want to move him. They want him to work. They need this thing to work. And when you're pulling yourself out, you got confidence issues with your knee, There's health issues. There's weight issues. This is different than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson could have a very good second act. The Jets need this to work now. They need a left tackle or a right tackle or a movable tackle. Tackles get up to 38, 39 years old like Dwayne Brown. You're not getting 17 starts. So this is a real concern for them. I think if you look at their roster, it's the only thing I worry about. 
The quarterback's good. I think they could use one more trustable receiver. They're okay at tight end. They're okay. But my issue is they're not very good at tackle. They're old at one and bad at the other. Here's Beckton after pulling himself, pulling himself out. That turf isn't 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 friendly for people of my size and my type of injury. So yeah, I, w- I was feeling it in warm up. So I just I just pulled myself a little early. I'm I'm good though. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I've been hearing that for years. I'm good. I don't think so. I think it's bad. <laughs> All right. So it's almost close to official. The Big Ten, according to Brett McMurphy, reporter, is just trying to figure out the financials on Oregon-Washington. They're very close. There's no more information needed. There is no more research needed. Uh, Pete Tamil just tweeted, New York Times, Oregon and Washington are fully engaged with the Big Ten Conference. So it's going to happen real quick. It's just financials now. Do you give Washington and Oregon a full share or not? They're going to be members of the Big Ten. And just think of this top eight. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, Washington, Wisconsin, UCLA, and Oregon. That's a really good top eight. That's big brands, some big cities, big stadiums, big money, big fan bases. And the key is three time zones. Start at noon on Fox. End at 1 a.m. on the East Coast, three time zones represented. As great as the SEC is, it'll cannibalize itself a lot of times with all these great games in two windows. You can have five, four or five different games, big brands, every window, the Big Ten. Washington, Oregon can play some night games. So can UCLA. You put USC up there against the Buckeyes, Badgers, Nittany Lions, Wolverines in the day and get a number The SEC is just a great regional conference. The Big 12 and the ACC are tiny, irrelevant markets. And at this point, who knows what the Pac-12 is? I grew up with it. I love it. I'm over it. The world changes. USC, Washington, and Oregon are the three most committed football programs with the highest ceiling in the Pac-12. They now move to a very good conference, the Big Ten. Utah is the fourth best football program over UCLA, but then the breaks. Big markets matter. What can I say? Big Ten is big. Washington and Oregon are halves. USC, UCLA, halves. It's a great conference. Listen, if you pay attention in life, this is really, if you pay attention in life, you're going to see change coming. You're going to prepare for that change, and you're going to get ahead of it. If, If you don't pay attention in life, then you're caught off guard, and you complain about it, and that's where some of the... Pac-12 is. USC has been at wit's end for four years in the Pac-12. Washington State and Oregon State were treated the same as USC, and they got tired of it. They've been talking about going independent, joining other conferences for almost half a decade. How do I know? Because I work at a TV company, and I hear stuff. So Washington and Oregon are halves. It makes the Big Ten a monster, and it makes the Big Ten what even the SEC is not, a bi-coastal national conference with games morning, noon, late afternoon, early evening into 1.30 in the morning East Coast. Going to happen real close, should happen. You can see stuff coming if you're prepared and paying attention. If you're not, you can grovel and complain about it, but... This was bound to happen. It's been happening everywhere else in sports. 
And let's be honest, college football feels more like the pros. Coaches making $10 million, NIL, transfer portal, major TV deals, restructuring conferences. This is the way football collegiately is going to be going out. Two monster conferences. Hey, for most of my life when I was younger, it was the ACC and the Big East. And you had John Thompson. Nobody complained out east when you had P.J. Carlissimo and Rick Pitino and John Thompson and uh, Roly Massimino and the Big East owned college basketball and so did the ACC with Duke and Carolina and NC State. They ran the sport. It was the Big East, and I was a West Coast kid. And you know what I said? Oh, I can't wait to watch the games. I lived, in, I, I lived on the beach in Washington State. I didn't give a rip. I loved the Big East. I knew the Pac-12 stunk. I didn't care. I wanted the best. And so college basketball for most of my early life was two conferences crushing everybody. All right. And now it's going to be two college football conferences mostly rolling everybody. Yeah, I, I, I know people at Oregon State. I think they have a really good football team. It stinks for them. But they'll, they'll find their space. Maybe they'll end up in a conference where they can win it three out of four years. It's not a terrible thing. You can make a lot of money going to bowl games, getting into a playoff. Oregon State, Washington State are never getting into the playoff now. Well, what if you have a West Coast Conference, Washington State and Oregon State go back and forth winning, and you're an automatic choice to get into the playoff. Life has a way of working out. All right. Ready to go. My Northwest schools joining the Big Ten very quickly. Very excited, J-Mac. I never resented the Big East crushing in basketball. I loved it. It was 3,000 miles from my house. I didn't watch Pac-12 basketball. Yeah. I'm watching Stevie Thompson and Pearl Washington at Syracuse. I didn't give a rip. Yeah. I, loved, I loved Louis Carnesecca. I, I'm with you. Like, uh, I think there's just a segment of people who are not going to like this change. A, okay. Change is scary to a lot of people. Well, it is scary. It used to be great. Can we just go back to the <laughs> 80s when college basketball was amazing? It was awesome in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know college basketball has always been about two. If you go to college basketball, look at college baseball right now. Oh, the SEC dominates. Don't they? I, I, All I don't right. Follow college okay. Baseball. Go go look at uh, uh, beach volleyball, volleyball. Oh, West Coast dominates. Yeah. College basketball, it's always been one or two conferences. College football, it's going to be two monster conferences. And both, the SEC saying, hey, we're a big conference, but we want Texas, Oklahoma. They're going to go get Florida State and Clemson. Yeah. And then the Big Ten's like, hey, Notre Dame. Notre Dame says, no, okay, Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA. Don't be surprised if Notre Dame doesn't join them. It's okay. We're all going to be okay. Yeah, it's like the people who don't want electric vehicles. No, no, I need my gas guzzler. I have to stay well, gas. I'm not going to adapt. I'm not going to change. But you know what? A the lot, world is changing. Well, it is, but not everybody loves change, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I've talked about, you know, I've moved all over the country. There is great value. You grow up in Cincinnati. You live in the same house your parents did. You have block parties. You know everybody there. You have amazing, deep relationships. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But in sports, in sports, change is inevitable. Yeah. So you got to, at some point, get used to it or get very angry. It's, and I don't want to be angry. It's also good to learn how to adapt to new things, new people, new places. That's, That's right. fun to me. Moving out here to L.A. last seven years has been amazing. Well, you're, a, you're, you're comfortable with that, your professional career. A lot of people aren't comfortable. But in sports, change will happen. Baseball now has a, a pitch clock. 
I mean, that, like. By the, the way, I went to a Dodgers game Sunday. It flies by. It, it was so fast. I was just like, this is like a two hour and 15 minute game. Yeah. Stunned. And it, it was like a seven nothing Reds were killing. Now, in the playoffs, it'll take longer. There'll be more pitching changes. But if you have a dominant pitcher on the mound in a regular season baseball game, it's two hours and 23 minutes. And it was way more pleasant than just sitting in that sun for like well, three hours. You know, it's. Well, it in awesome. Dodger games, people show up late anyway. So you show up in the third inning. And you're already, uh, you know, I mean, if you're 40 minutes late to a Dodger game, it's third inning. Yeah. Maybe you got to leave in the eighth before the traffic up at <laughs> so Dodger you get three stadium. innings of baseball. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be watching or listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Peter King around the corner, some NFL stuff. He's been at Jets, Steelers, Lions, Bills camp. Uh, so according, J-Mac, to multiple reports, Dan Wetzel, Brett McMurphy, the Oregon Ducks and the Washington Huskies have informed other Pac-12 schools they intend to leave for the Big Ten. Play would start in 2024. So that's very important. It makes it a bi-coastal conference with three time zones. So you can start noon Eastern on Fox with a Michigan football game in Wisconsin. Late afternoon game, Ohio State, Penn State. Late afternoon, 4 o'clock Eastern. Then you go 7 o'clock Eastern. Washington plays, you know, UCLA. Uh, And then you can do the late start. You know, USC late 7.30 start at the Coliseum that starts 10.30 Eastern. You go bang, 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 bang. Eight huge football brands. Ohio State, USC, Michigan, Penn State, Mm. Wisconsin, Oregon, Washington, UCLA. More of a basketball stool, but still it's Los Angeles market. Seven to eight massive brands. That's the way to do it. SEC's not slowing down. They're going to add Florida State and Clemson. The minute they can, they will. So they've already added Texas, Oklahoma. So this is a great move for the Big Ten. As far as the Pac-12, Colorado has already gone to the Big 12. That's a good fit. Arizona, Arizona State are going to go to the Big 12. Those schools recruit Texas. That's a great fit. So the Big 12 is not going to have a bunch of powerhouses, but they're going to have Baylor and Kansas State, TCU, Arizona schools. My guess is Utah could dovetail it and get down there as well. They recruit Texas all the time. And I have no problem with it. We're going to have two massive conferences, then the ACC and the Big 12. And I don't know what happens to the Pac-12, but it's not. It's just not, you know, yeah. it's always been an academic conference anyway. That's why they, for years and years, schools have wanted to get into the Pac-12, and they've always viewed themselves sort of nose in the air as an academic conference. So it doesn't matter. The schools that are good football programs, Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA, I feel bad for Utah because they're totally committed to football, and they're good. Uh, the big four get in and they join. This is the way the world works. It's called a merger. I mean, Facebook buys Instagram. This is the way the world works. You can prepare for it or by, be naive and complain yeah. about it. But I, the Arizona schools in the Big Ten or in the, in the Big 12, yeah. I got no problem with that. Colorado, Utah in the Big 12. It feels like a, BYU's already in the Big 12. Why shouldn't Utah, yeah. their primary rival, be in the Big 12? Both Arizona schools go to the Big 12. They're rivals. We, we often talk about what's next. Um, what do you think happens with kind of uh, the leftovers, Oregon State and Washington State? I, so do they go Big 12? Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do think, I wonder if they're, I feel bad because yeah. I think 
Oregon State's football team this year. It's going to be good. I think their coach is great. So I think Oregon State, Washington State, Boise State, San Diego State. Now, you can say, well, it's not the Pac-12. No. But college football going forward is going to be about the 12-team playoff. Oregon State and Washington State can win that conference every year and get an automatic or there'll be a guilt factor where, I mean, you'll feel, everybody's going to feel bad for Oregon State, Washington State. Everybody's going to feel bad for them, right? Let me tell you something. They're going to get invited to that 12-team playoff if they go 10-2 and two in a worse conference. They're getting in. If Cincinnati's getting in, you know that Oregon State and Washington, I think Oregon State is, is, could be a 10-win team this year. And what about Stanford? Stanford's always been about academics. Cal's always been about academics. Uh, what if you did a conference, Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal, San Diego, Boise, the winner of that is an automatic playoff team. But Stanford, about academics, is going to see those other schools and be like, yeah, that's a Maybe no Stanford thanks. goes independent like BYU and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. I don't have a problem that's with that. Possible. I don't have the answers for it. I'm just saying you can either prepare for stuff or you can complain about it when it happens. And USC's been trying to get out of the Pac-12 for four to five years. I know because I work at a big broadcasting company, and they've been they've been in discussions. This stuff is run by networks, not conferences. This is all about TV money. So I think this is great for the Big Ten. I can't wait. I'm so jacked up to watch Washington play Michigan regularly. Oregon play Wisconsin. And that who's full not day, watching those games? That full day lineup you broke oh, down it's sounds be, incredible. It's a bi-coastal, three times. SEC is great, but it's a regional conference. Georgia could be playing Texas the same time Oklahoma's playing Alabama. It'll cannibalize it. It'll be, it may be the best conference and win the most natties, but it's going to be a regional conference. This is a national conference, coast-to-coast, coast, big brands. Penn State out east, Ohio State, Michigan, Midwest, USC, Washington, Oregon, UCLA out west. I think it's fantastic. Washington, Oregon. Listen, you can say it doesn't fit. I understand that, but it's a much closer flight, Seattle to Columbus and Seattle to Chicago, than it is Los Angeles. So Washington's a cold weather program. Those are three and a half hour flights. They're built to go on the road and win in the Big Ten. They're a cold weather program. I could argue UCLA's not built for the Big Ten. Yeah. But like Washington, Seattle, it's raining by October 1st. <laughs> so I think Washington's going to be great. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Peter King's joining us, Football Morning in America, NBCSports.com. And I grew up a Husky fan, so part of me, I, I'm a Washington Husky fan, so part of me just thinks this stinks. And part of me is so excited to watch Washington play Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin, I can't see straight. Peter, where do you land on this stuff? Uh, personally, I'm, I'm really a traditionalist, Colin, <laughs> and I am, I, I think it's, I think it's bad. I mean, you know, the Apple Cup is cool. Washington, Oregon is cool. The West Coast rivalries are really cool. I I love that stuff, but I'm 66. I am yesterday's news. So, you know, I I totally understand that. But Colin, so I'm in Atlanta today. Yeah. And the last 24 hours, this stuff is starting to bubble up. And so on the phone and in various places that I've visited at the NFL, I've asked people, because I always ask people every year, what are you worried about? What's What worries you about the NFL? And a lot of people say gambling. Well, of course, gambling is trouble. But I had one guy today tell me, this is a top-ranking NFL executive, that, and his words were, what's happening in college football petrifies me. It's like there's no governing body anymore. The NCAA is just letting teams go. And and because they get beat up in court when they try to make rulings. And, 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 And this guy said to me, listen, what's dangerous now is the college football programs are our feeder programs. And what happens now if there are 10 to 20 power programs around the country. And then what happens if all these other schools have to play as independents? Do players get developed enough if you're playing, if you're UCLA and, or, or if, if you're Washington State and you end up out in the cold and you're playing Texas, San Antonio, or, or whatever, whoever it is. But I do think that the fact that the NCAA has lost control of college football and ceded control of college football to the television networks. That 
is, I think, a very worrisome thing for the NFL right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think it is, Peter, a lot of times. You, you know, I don't know your background. Um, I, I know some of it, obviously, professionally. But I, I'm a kid of divorce. I didn't grow up with a church and a community. When I moved out east for a decade, I was always taken back by, a little intimidated by the churches and the camps and uh, the, 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 the Cape Cod crowd and all this tradition. I was jealous of it. I'm like, this is great. I grew up a kid. Yeah. A hectic life, child of divorce, moving around for jobs. And so I am not a traditionalist. My DNA, my, gen, my psychology is I like new stuff. I, I'm, I'm an old guy, think like yeah. a young guy, right? You probably, my guess, is built up with more tradition. And I think in America, right now, we've got a culture war a bit that worries me. It's a lot of tribalism that there's the people that like new stuff, the people that are fearful of change, and I just hope we can we can all put our arms around each other at one point. The one thing you say, you say, and it's a very interesting point, is nobody's running the NCAA. Uh, or they're yeah. not running football. I would make this argument, though. Outside of Oregon, due to Phil Knight's money, the top 20 college football programs 40 years ago are the same ones today. The difference is Phil Knight came in and said, I'm going to just make Oregon great, and he did. Oregon wasn't yet right. But other than that, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, Bama, Georgia, USC, Tech, it's all the same teams. So it's always been, Peter, so ridiculously top-heavy, and we've never cared much about Purdue. And that sounds awful, but when I say that, does it? that's what I say is the sport's always been run by 18 programs mostly, hasn't it? It has, but think of the teams now that could be absolutely left out in the cold. What are the teams going to do, the teams that are not wanted by the Big 12, who are not wanted by the Big 10, who are not wanted by the SEC? What are they going to do? I mean, they have athletic programs to run. Like, and I don't, Colin, you would know this. I don't know. These teams who are going to be let that are going to be left out in the cold. What happens to the soccer team yeah. at Washington state? Yeah. What happens to the baseball team? What happens to the women's basketball team? And I don't even know the answer to that, but my impression is that rising tide of football lifts all collegiate sports boats. Right. And so that is going to end in a lot of places. So here's my theory on that. I love talking about this with you. Here's my theory. So next year, we start a 12-team playoff. So what's going to happen is Arizona schools go to the Big 12. Colorado did, so will Utah. You will get a newly formed West Coast team, Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, Cal, San Diego State, Boise State. And they'll, it, their winner of that will go to the playoff. So that will be fortifying that division. And that's a very interesting that's a yep. very interesting idea. And those teams and if that happens, yeah, yeah. fine. Yep. Yeah. So, and Peter, those teams would never get into the playoff. So what's gonna happen? Yeah. What's gonna happen is the twelve team playoff is gonna become a sixteen team playoff, allowing for an Oregon State and a Washington State to get in. The Big Ten will get five, the SEC five, then there'll be six available and that'll be for the little guys the nc state that gets forgotten the washington state oregon state so my my belief is peter that the the college football playoff is going to be the answer to everything it's going to go from 12 to 16 and those little guys are going to get big payouts 
because two of them, if they keep competing, will get into that playoff every year. There's my theory on it. Here's here's my here's my uh, counter to that. Okay. Okay. If you even want to pretend, if you even want to pretend that college football players at the highest level are students, if you even just want to pretend that, yeah. then in my opinion, that really kind of kills it. And okay. you know why? Okay. Yeah. Because a college football player, let's say he starts practice on July 30th. Okay. And the college football player, I would assume, okay, if they do that with the college football playoff, then the championship game will be on the dead week between uh, the championship games in the NFL yeah. and the Super Bowl. So if you do that, what you're doing is for, you know, a, a, a cadre of teams in the college football teams, those players are going to play football longer during the course of okay. the year than almost any NFL player does. Okay, so that's interesting. Now they're getting paid, by the way, so that's part of it. But secondly, who this is going to kill is the FCS programs because you won't be able to put them on your schedule anymore. Tennessee will not be able to play yeah. Middle Tennessee State. That's who it's going to kill. The Oregon State's Washington States are going to be fortified by the playoff system, just like in college basketball, 68 teams. You can share some revenue. Those teams won't die. And they'll actually have a better chance statistically of making a major bowl or a playoff. So what's going to happen is you're going to get rid of the out-of-conference games. You're going to get rid of those three, I mean, the, you know, uh, roast beef tech, <laughs> Panera Bread State. They're done. So you, Right? You're getting rid of those. And it's going to kill those programs that need the revenue. What you're going to do is go right yeah. into conference play, and, then, and, and you're going to go into conference play immediately, nine ten games and then some will get extra playoff games and it'll re will have a rebirth of bowl games so bowl games will come back so the oregon states washington states can get a 10th game or an 11th game and they'll do more bowl games at home so the oregon states washington state will get a home game it'll be a yeah. bowl game i know i'm just theorizing yeah. this nonsense but i think the fcs programs get whacked i think i think the oregon states are going to end up surviving and getting into the playoff oregon state has no shot to be a playoff team now they're going to start getting in winning their conference colin before we get off and i know yeah. that this is the topic du jour yeah but i do can i tell you one nfl thing okay sure one so 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 i today in atlanta i'm at the falcons today this is my eighth training camp okay and and so yeah. somebody asked me on the sidelines out here today it's the biggest surprise you've seen so far and i got to thinking and you know what it is what it is odell beckham jr being 30 years old now and talking like he's 45 this guy has really really taken to heart the fact that the baltimore ravens want him to lead and they want him to be a versatile guy, a, a great guy in the locker room, and a good player. And look, it's unrealistic to think he's going to be what he was at 22, 23, 24. But that's one thing. And the player that has surprised me, really surprised me, Colin, I want you in whatever round six of your fantasy football league to take Zay Flowers of the Ravens, mm. the wide receiver from Boston College. If you watched what I watched on Wednesday of this week and saw the separation he gets in and out of cuts, 
it's it is as good right now as Debo. And and he is a guy who I think is going to make beautiful music with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. We got into the, a top 100 player list came out the other day, and I said, how in God's name is Lamar significantly behind Dak? And I like Dak. Lamar's a spectacular. <laughs> well, it's because, Colin, Colin, it's very, I think that's very simple because Lamar Jackson has missed 34% of the snaps over the last two years. Lamar Jackson has played in the NFL now for what five years, yeah. you know, in total. He's won one playoff game. Yeah, he's not played great in the postseason. And look, I understand Dak has his detractors. Uh, sometimes I'm one of them, but I do think you can count on him to be there every Sunday. Yeah, in the last two years, you haven't been able to do that with Lamar. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, and I didn't, I wasn't going to talk college football, but they told me in my ear that you wanted to talk about it. So I and I and I've always been. Yeah, there was something I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, no, I just I think it's all interesting. And I grew up in the Northwest, so I Oregon and Washington are my they're my teams. Like I that's where I grew up. So I want to go back to the NFL here. Um, yeah. The Aaron Rodgers pivot's fascinating. So um. And I don't think it's fair. I was really tough on Baker Mayfield. I think I was right, but I was probably too tough. On Aaron, about seven years ago, I said, he's a little bit of a bailer, not a baller. Is that he's a finger pointer. I said this years ago. I said, don't when he trails, he checks out. A little, he, he was like a way better version of Jay Cutler. Jay could check out body language, a little bit of a finger pointer. And there were things that Aaron did in Green Bay, constantly drone on about retirement, drove me nuts. But I got to tell you, his pivot in New York, Peter, it's as if he listened. And he said, okay, I'm going to commit to young guys. I'm going to stop talking retirement. I'm going to help my teammates. Listen, sometimes yeah. people need change, Peter, in life. They need, they need a new job. Like, I've been blown away by Aaron so far. This is, ex you're saying exactly what I saw, and I, I talked to him last week in New York, in New Jersey, but, but Colin, sometimes you need a change of scenery, period. And I asked him about that, and first he poo-pooed it, because he said, hey, look, I'm, I'm serious. When I went into the darkness, I was 90% retired. I was going to retire. But then he thought when he went in, when he, when he went in there, you know what? I feel great. I still enjoy the game. I got to find out if the Packers really want me. Look, that ship had sailed. And then he told me for the first time in my life, since I was 19 years old, I got recruited. And this time it wasn't Jeff Tedford. This time it was Robert Sala and, and uh, Joe Douglas of, of the, of the jets. But here's the reason why this works. Sometimes you need to get slapped in the face. Aaron Rodgers got slapped in the face. Not, not really, but sort of by Brian Gutekunst and the Packers. And they said, look, either you're all in or you're not. He wasn't going to be all in in the offseason program. The Packers knew it. And they said, look, before this gets really ugly, let's just end it. Yeah. And I think the Packers did a great job of getting a future one uh, for a guy who might play two years. But, Colin, I, I will say one thing. Let's talk... I don't, want, I don't mean to pivot on Rodgers, but I will say this. When I left there, I called somebody uh, in the league and I said, over under on Aaron Rodgers and how long he's going to play is at least two and a half. Because I think if I had to bet that, I would bet the over.
I think he's going to play at least three years. So do I. I. I do. I really do. And I think, and I and I also think I've moved around the country. Every time I've moved, I've looked at what I did poorly, and I've said I'm going to get better at that. And I've moved three or four times. And I think Aaron has looked at it and thought, you know what? I was disengaged. Those young guys could use my wisdom. And I do think I didn't yeah. like him droning on about retirement. And Aaron looked at it and went. Well, Devontae Adams left and said <laughs> because he didn't know if Aaron was going to be around. And Aaron said, if you notice in the last two weeks, Aaron's like, he gave up his avoidable years. He's like, I'm all in. Like, yeah. I think we got to give gave up a lot of money. Yeah. Too. I think we got to give Aaron a lot of credit. Yeah. He's looked in the mirror and said, I got to get better. And he has, and I'm rooting for him. Okay. One more question. Hey. Okay. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Aaron Rodgers is a pragmatist. And he's made $319 million in his life. And he said, I want Joe Douglas. Why did he give up the money? I want Joe Douglas at the trading deadline to be able to go get John Smith or whoever. Because I want to fix our problems. I want to win right now. So who cares if it's if I lose $30 million or whatever, whatever he lost. And so I think that is a great sign of where Aaron Rodgers' head is right now. Okay, so... Um- I got to ask you this. You went to the Lions, Bills, Steelers, Jets, but I got to zone in on Sean Payton doing a little parcels, a little psychology. People <laughs> said when Sean Payton did that, people said, well, he's just doing that to protect his butt. If this thing goes sideways, he can say, look how bad it was. And then other people are like, listen, he's right. It's a mess. He's got to reshape this whole thing. It's more of a rebuilding project than everybody gets. What did your guys say around though? You've been covering this league since, I mean, you've been on the member of board Hall of Fame board since the early 90s. What did your guy, it's very rare when a coach rips another coach. What did your people say to that? I mean, look, I, I had, I, I've, I've had head coaches on this trip just shake their head, just saying, you don't do that. You, you know, it's, it was, I, I thought it was way out of line. I, I like Sean Payton. I just thought it was way out of line. It was not something it, that made any sense to me. If you want to support your guy, and clearly he was trying to support Russell Wilson and say, I got your back. That's fine. But you don't have to trash the guy who coached him. I, I just, I didn't like it. I haven't met anybody who liked it, quite honestly. And I think Sean realized a day or two later that he went too far. And so he started to walk it back. But I, I had a coach say to me, uh, hey, you know Salah. Uh, you probably know Salah. I said, yeah. He goes, you should tell him. Don't let Peyton off easy. Don't let him just apologize and say, okay, all is forgiven. That was bad. He broke the code. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. By the way, Lions Dan Campbell, what's he like in person? exactly the way he is the classic old heart on his sleeve guy who is always going to tell you what he thinks he's going to emote with his face at all times and i just think he's a guy who a lot of players want to play for because he lays it all on the line he is a player was just like what he asked his players to be as a coach And uh, so I think, you know, I like the Lions. I think they're going to win that division. Mm. But, you know, we'll see. 
All right. Peter King, uh, by the way, showing his versatility today, going heavy. <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion about this college stuff. I just threw it out there. <laughs> Two-way player, Peter King. Excellent stuff. Appreciate it. You have a good continued summer, Peter. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to bore you all, but I, I really think what's going to happen in college football, we're going to go from a 12-team playoff for about four years, and then we're going to go to a 16-team playoff. And like college basketball, the playoff's going to be the sport. The playoff's going to be the sport. And that will allow the Big Ten to get four or five teams in and the SEC to get four or five. And the Big 12 and ACC will get two. And, and then all these other schools. I And I feel bad because Oregon State has a great coach. They, they, they are the team last year that USC played that I thought outcoached USC. They literally, and I don't I think it, you don't outcoach Lincoln Riley a lot. Like I thought their game plan was incredible. And it just didn't have the players in the end to finish it off. And Caleb Williams won the day. But I think the Oregon States, Washington States, and those guys, Stanford Cal, will eventually make their money getting into that 16-team or 12-team playoff. And then, they'll, and then the bowl games will have a renaissance. They'll come back because those schools will all be like, we need another home game. We need seven home games. And so the schools that are going to lose are the directional. You know, I went to Eastern Washington University. They're the ones I think are in trouble. You can't play them anymore. You're just going to go right into your conference schedule, maybe one out of conference game. USC will play your Notre Dame, your classic matchups. Uh, you'll have that, and then you'll go right into conference play, and then the other team, the big teams will go into the playoffs, and the rest of them will, like, uh, they can play each other. You know, the, the teams that don't get in, uh, you'll have to schedule, you know, Purdue can do an annual with Stanford, whatever. You're going to have to get that seventh or eighth home game for programs. But listen, the, the, the college football is a have-have-not sport. And it has been forever. Pays all the bills. So the, the networks pay all the bills for them. And, fo and at football in college has to pay for women's volleyball and men's baseball. And it's got to pay all the sports. So they're going to do whatever they got to do to enrich college football at the top. That's what they're going to do. So it, the sport's going to be like college basketball. It's going to become the playoff. And the playoff will expand from 12 to 16. And I wouldn't be shocked if it goes to 24 in 10 years. I wouldn't be. The networks will be for it. You don't, you don't think the networks in December are looking for programming? The networks will be for it. You never, here's what you never hear from a network when asked about football. Nah, we're not interested in more big games. They're all interested. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. On the big broadcast, which, by the way, the showers didn't work, the lights didn't work, whatever, Hall of Fame game. Should have watched it. It was a kind of a mess. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking about, like, Jordan Love and Zach Wilson and helping the young guys. I always felt like it's part of the it's part of the job is to help those young guys out and and get them ready to play at some point. Uh, there was a great one behind me in Green Bay who's got an opportunity now, which is which is really fun uh, for Jay Love. Now my question is, do you think it's the quarterback's job to get his replacement ready? I do not. I think it's the coach's job to build a culture, a GM's job to build a roster. A coordinator's job to build an offense or a defense. I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers' job to get Zach Wilson or Jordan Love ready to replace him. And one of the reasons I think that is because here was Aaron Rodgers a few months ago in a podcast. I've been doubted before. And look, honestly, I felt in the first year that Matt was here, Matt was in Green Bay in 19, I felt at times like a game manager. Like it was just, I didn't quite understand what we were doing at times on offense and my job is to take care of the football, and I did. You know, I threw four interceptions and twenty-six touchdowns, and we were thirteen and three. But I felt like there was so much more, and you know, then they drafted my replacement, and then I won MVP twice. Yeah, I think he was angry when they drafted his replacement. <laughs> I think it's revisionist history. I think it's easier. Let's be honest. It is easier to root for your replacement when they're not a threat. And Zach Wilson and Jordan Love are not in Aaron's galaxy and never will be. Got another little report this morning on Jordan Love at breakfast. 
Not going to get into who shared the information. Was he sitting by himself? Was he big timing? No, he or? happened to be a very important person in the world of football. No, I meant Jordan Love at, at breakfast. No, I didn't have breakfast with him. I had I had breakfast with somebody who shared a little insight, and oh, I'm not going to name that person. It sounded like you had something from Jordan Love's breakfast with the Packers. Like there was something that went down in the facility. All right. So... <laughs> Um, the feeling is from a very good source in division who would sort of know about Jordan Love. In division. Huh. I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to say, remember, this 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 league is a lot of the same yeah. players, coaches. Interesting. We have a lot of former Packers that come by this show. Huh. All I'm going to say is the feeling is that when they drafted him, he was kind of a wild, dynamic athlete. They had to refine, and they've gotten him in the building, and he's not that great of an athlete, and he's okay. He's not that guy? He's just, there's not a lot of juice. He's, they wish he was a little more athletic. I mean, that was the, not, Utah State, it was like, oh, crazy talent. They got him in the building, and it's, yeah. he's not as talented as yeah. they think. I might look like an athlete at Utah State. <laughs> Unnecessary to find school. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.